here's the thing. Some people will say, well, do I always need to have a call to action? I don't want to seem like I'm like spamming them or anything. Yeah. We're not spamming them. We're serving them. Hey, I gave you this value. This is what you came. Like people are searching for the video. They've landed on your video because they That's are searching true. for that thing. So if I give them that value and go, hey, by the way, I actually have another thing that can help you implement this faster, or here's the next step that you're going to need to be successful with it, wouldn't you say thank you? Like, wouldn't you be like, awesome, they did like half the work for me. So don't go into it thinking that you're spamming people because you're not, you're serving them. Starting or growing your business is hard work. But now you are listening to the Better Business Podcast with me, Steve Cook, and I'm going to try and make it a little easier on you. We on this podcast help you grow a better business with real advice from professionals. And today is no different. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Better Business Podcast. My guest today is the CEO of Jax Productions. She is a content marketing expert and a highly acclaimed business acceleration coach. Her name is Marley Jax. From the pages of Forbes to the main stage of Funnel Hacking Live, Marley works with her clients to discover the power of implementing an infinite cash flow system inside each of their businesses built on effortless, high-ticket customer ascension. Marley is also a popular speaker and has shared the stage alongside Russell Brunson, Tony Robbins, Tom Bilyeu, and Frank Kern. Marley, thank you for being on and welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, so what I wanted to talk about today was, you know, how your business can use YouTube. Um, and, you know, watching some of your content on YouTube, I, I, somewhat disagreed with you before <laughs> watching some of your videos. I thought, uh, does this lady not understand that YouTube is kind of a thing of the past? Um, and so I wanted to talk to you about that. You have since changed my mind um, in watching <laughs> some of your content, but talk to me about why Why are you not rushing to the newest and latest and greatest uh, social media platform? Why, why can a business use YouTube? Are you telling me that you were putting YouTube in the same bucket as perhaps a MySpace? I was trying, but you, <laughs> you shamed me out of it. Uh, well, listen, YouTube is a search engine. It is the second largest search engine in the world owned by Google, the largest search engine in the world. And I've I'm heard not of them. Saying, yeah, you've heard of them? Have you, have you heard <laughs> of them, like, that little thing? I don't know. Um, and it's a... Uh, it's, it's not that I'm saying to not use the new latest and greatest platforms. Like, sure, there's lots of benefit to TikTok and Pinterest and what, you know, any any platform of you're choosing, it's how you use it. Um, but one of the major, major benefits of YouTube is that because it's a search engine, it is unlike any other social media platform because the content doesn't disappear in the algorithms after a few days or hours even like when's the last time that you came when you happen to like scroll across a Facebook live from like five years ago well on YouTube because it's a search engine like content that I made because I started my YouTube channel in back in 2016 so in 2016 those videos that I made back then are still generating thousands of organic views and subscribes but more importantly leads and sales 
Yeah, uh, saying that, it kind of made me think, I was actually trying to find a video that we specifically did on Facebook uh, years ago on our own, um, our company's page, and I couldn't even find it. Um, and it was on our own page, you know, and it was only a few years back, and, and I don't even know where it's at. So um, not only your own page, but especially on other people's pages, um, I think that that's a great, great point. And, and on that note, um, you know, I think, What's weird is, is on YouTube, you never know when something's going to become mainstream, even though you don't do it for that purpose. Um, in my family's business, we have a chain of uh, feed stores and we have uh, mostly we sell like performance horse, like feed and products and stuff like that. And which it's not necessarily for this reason, but um, I did several, like a whole series of videos over ivermectin um, years yeah, ago. Course. and. Of course, that's uh, exploding now in popularity and stuff like yeah. that. But um, and that wasn't necessarily that was not the reason I was doing it. It was for horses. Right. But, um, you know, it's, it's crazy how you don't know when something is going to get very popular and you already have that. Um, so how do you become how do you get videos, you know, like on I think a lot of people are clear on social media, let's say Facebook, Instagram, even TikTok and things like that of how to get videos to spread how do you do that on YouTube though? Are you, are you looking for those particular search engines that you're talking about or how do you get a video to become, you know, popular and more people see it on that? Yeah, there, there's some formulas and also some softwares that you can use to see what are people actually searching for. Um, and I'll tell you before I knew really what I was doing, I tried to make videos the way that I would make them on Facebook. So I would just like think of a random topic. I would give it like a, some kind of a hook kind of title. Like I made one, one video once that was, did you know Instagram does this? And it was me, I don't know, sharing a new feature in Instagram. That video, even to this day, probably still has less than 100 views because people aren't searching for, did you know Instagram does this? They're searching for how to sell on Instagram or how to use, a lot of them can be how-tos, it's not always how-tos, but just, you know, they're searching for an answer. So there's ways that you can even look like, you know, even when you go right to the YouTube search bar and you start typing something in and it like auto populates trying to finish your sentence, that's that suggestion is auto populated based on what people are actually searching for. Um, then there's other tools that you can use like. Um, is it do you know, is it in order like the the searches that come up? Is that like the largest search, the second largest or do you no. have any idea? No, okay. it's not in order, but you can absolutely use tools like there's one called Keywords Everywhere. It's a Google Chrome extension. And uh, when you type in what you're looking for, it'll write next to it in like a smaller font show how many searches per month that keyword is getting. So I could type in right now. Um, let me give you an example because there's there's a tool that I, I use Keywords Everywhere. And then I also use a, a tool called TubeBuddy. So think like YouTube, TubeBuddy. Um, and so I use those tools together to be able to see what's the search volume, but then also what's the competition. So, um, I have a client, Christy Code Red. She is like one of the leaders in, in weight loss. And so we were making video titles for her. And, you know, a very common one is how to lose belly fat. Well, how to lose belly fat has a very high search volume. Awesome. But it also has quite a high competition. So we, we kept doing some research and we found how to flatten your belly also had high search volume, but lower competition. And now that video has like tens of thousands of views, maybe even a hundred thousand views by now. Gotcha. So let me ask you this on a lot of your um, training and a lot of your, um, even your clients, it seems like 
they are people selling what you could call services or coaches and things like that. Um, in the world that I come from and, and, you know, some of my audience, the retail world is more where I'm, I have a better background. Would you treat that any differently if you had like a retail store, um, than you would maybe a coaching or a client services type of based business? Yeah, a little bit, especially if it's like local, uh, you know, if you're, if you just have a local audience, I might put the name of the, the city or town or location in the title. Um, there also are settings on the back end of YouTube, uh, in the, the video settings for you to be able to put a location so that that can show up there when people are searching for them. So yeah, we, we definitely want to make sure that we're also calling out the right audience, uh, for who the video is speaking to. So if, if somebody, maybe they're, they're listening to this and they, um, are inspired and they're like, Oh, you know what? Good point. These are all great points. I want to start a YouTube channel. What do you think is the biggest mistake that people make when, when starting out either starting a YouTube channel, or maybe they've been doing it for a long time and, and just some common mistakes that you see people make? Yeah, definitely. One of them being, um, like titling your videos uh, for, you know, remembering that it's a search engine, that you're titling your videos the way that people are searching for them. Um, and so using tools like keep keywords everywhere and TubeBuddy to find those. Um, and then the other thing is like a huge mistake that people make that they're leaving so much money on the table is that they aren't using a call to action, like that they don't have um, that powerful, like, okay, here's the next step, whether that's sending them to just sign up for an email list or to buy something. And typically we don't go straight in for the sale unless it's like, you know, a small price point. Um, but I, I mean, the beginning of my YouTube channel, I was just like, here's some value. Okay. See ya. And then like, it's like ghosting them instead of giving them the next step because you know, you're serving your audience and then also building that relationship. And so what would that be? Um, give an example of that. Would that be um, something as basic as visit, maybe you're a retail store or something like that, visit my website, um, it's in the description or something like that, or or what? Or more specific? Yeah, we wanna be more specific because if it's just passive, like, hey, visit my website, why? Why should they want to go there? Because mm. if it's like, just visit my website, yeah, I can do that later. But if you say, hey, by the way, you know, I'm, I've been teaching you how to grow your YouTube channel and turn it into a machine to generate leads and sales. I actually have a free training for you that you can click the link below and get access to my how to create 60 days of content in eight hours. That's going to turn into your machine. It's only available uh, for the next month. So click the link below and you can get that right now. So let me ask you this. Are you ever scared that you're going to say this at the end of a video and maybe three years from now, you don't have those links active anymore or something like that? Or, or is that something totally. that you can change later? Yeah, that's totally happened. Um, and so what we do is we just change the link. Um, and so sometimes maybe we would change the page. So it's like, Hey, guess what? We've upgraded and that content is now in this thing. And so like, it's just a, the call to add the, the page just changes. So the link can still say the same, but then on the page, we just like add a little banner or something on the top. Or, um, you know, before I came into YouTube, I was just doing general social media. Um, and so I have lead magnets out there that are about Twitter and I don't use Twitter anymore. <laughs> so what I've done on that page is I still give them what they've come there for. And then I go, by the way, if you're into Twitter, you may love YouTube as well for these benefits. So I'm also going to add this in. And if that's something that interests you, here's the next thing that you can go to as well. 
Huh. That's really interesting. So, um, so that is part of it is keeping that stuff active and keeping those links going. I was wondering if you had ever, ever came across where you did that on accident, maybe delete it. I'm sure, I guess you wouldn't know if you did. Um, so as, as maybe trying to relate this a little bit to a retail environment or something, um, like I'd mentioned before, something that maybe is a little bit more local or something like that, what would you do if perhaps you owned like a restaurant or a retail store that really didn't sell that much online or something like that in just a local environment? Give me some examples of what type of videos would you make? Um, because I can't think of, let's say you have a coffee shop or you have something that, you know, you're serving something, um, but no one's going to be Googling um, or searching for mm -hmm. your product that you sell necessarily, I guess. Um, yeah. how, what would you do? In that case, I would want to be making videos that are for a, a warmer audience because, yeah, we're not kind, we're not like accidentally stumbling across um, the coffee shop that's around the corner. Uh, and, sure. and to be honest, like for that kind of um, business, I would say that maybe a platform like Instagram might be really good for that. However, um, having a YouTube channel that can warm up your your maybe cold to warm audience, yeah. um, those videos could maybe be like behind the scenes of us making our secret sourdough recipe or behind the scenes of us um, uh, decorating for Christmas or uh, meet our family, meet our team and things like that that are almost like get to know us because sure, you can say like this coffee shop has the best coffee, but I also think that people connect with people. So if you can sure. kind of share the the human side behind the business, that could go a long way too. I was thinking of uh, a lot of things that somebody might search would be something similar to events that you might have at your coffee shop. So oh, yeah. meet, meeting places in, you know, whatever town or um, best date night spots in, you know, your town or something similar to that as well. Mm -hmm. um, some of your videos are around um, having a high ticket thing to sell. Um, yeah you know, what is that all about and why, why not, isn't that harder to sell? Or, you know, when you think of, of having a high ticket item, you know, I think a lot of people's minds go to, okay, well, I can't demand that price. So lucky for her. Um, but, mm -hmm. but what, it, what is that kind of, um, content all about and, and why do you say that? It takes the same effort to sell something for a thousand dollars as it does for $10,000. It is absolutely the same amount of effort. It's just a different audience and a different, you know, level of value that you're providing. Um, and you also think that when you when you command those prices, when you show that you can provide that level of value, which I know there's tons of people who have imposter syndrome of that. Could I ask for that much? Can am I actually that valuable? Absolutely, you are. And think of the things that that we buy that are high ticket price points that sure, we, we might put a little bit more effort into making that decision because it's a, an important exchange of money and information and energy. Um, but the quality of customer also increases. I think of when I used to sell a course for $47 and uh, now my courses are 10 and $20,000 because yeah. I know that what I'm teaching people is giving them 10x what they're investing and i have the you know the social proof and the the results and the testimonials to be able to show that and when i look at the the 47 dollars clients absolutely nothing wrong with them i still love them and i still serve them but in different ways um it's just that the clients now that i work with more closely are the ones that they pay more when people pay they pay more attention is what i like to say as well so like the people that are paying 47 dollars, sometimes they're 
you know, they, they might be a little bit more, um, they might need more customer service. They might need more coaching. And so again, like I said, there's nothing wrong with that client and absolutely we still serve them. Um, but maybe we put more of our effort and energy and attention into the clients that are investing in a result. Because I also think when they invest emotionally and financially, those are the ones that are going to get the best results. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times that's, that's a, way that people look at almost like themselves, um, like you said, imposter syndrome or, or really just almost self-doubt. I remember when um, one, of, I, I would say it's probably four or five years ago, I was reading this book about sales. And um, in our world, we have like commercial type horse clients that have like hundreds of horses. And then there's like, you know, the average person that has one horse or two horses or something. Um, and I remember you know, I would go try to call on a, a farm that had 20 or 30 horses or something. And it would be like beating my head against the wall because they, they had other people come by and there was, you know, it was a lot of competition and stuff like that. And finally I was reading this book that talked about, um, calling on your dream clients because exactly like you're saying, it takes just as much time. It takes just as much effort. And there are the people that you want more than any other customer. So why not just spend more time and more money on them? Um, and when I did that, it was incredible that, those people had the same, if not sometimes less people calling on them than even these people that had 20 horses. I would go to a farm that had 500 horses and they'd be like, we haven't seen a salesperson in three years, you know, or whatever. Um, so I think, have you, have you noticed that as well, that sometimes these larger clients don't even have as much people asking them to, um, interact or coaching or, or whatever it might be? Um, well, if I'm understanding your question correctly, like, I mean, you could have a large business and higher price points. So like you have less clients to work with. Like I remember when I was a social media manager and I used to charge like a thousand dollars a month for my service. And I was like, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be amazing to make $10,000 a month? Well, I would need 10 clients to do that. Now I charge $10,000 for one client. And so it's like, I could just have one client and make $10,000 a month. And then, you know, it's up to us what kind of lifestyle we want to have and what, you know, what business model um, supports that lifestyle. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Um, So being like some of the things we talked about at the very beginning, um, and I know you're, you, you um, coach in some different spaces or have courses in different spaces. um, But there has to be something that some things that people disagree with you about. What would you say is something that almost no one agrees with you about? <laughs> almost no one agrees with me about. I don't know. Let me think. Uh, hmm. I guess um, at the beginning, people might come. And even if you look at my YouTube channel, like I've been working on my channel since 2016, like I mentioned, um, and I have 30 some thousand followers, subscribers there. Um, and some of my videos still have like, you know, a few hundred views or whatever might look a little bit small and people might look at that and go, well, how are you a YouTube expert when you have like, you're not, you're not, you're not in the like thousands and hundreds of thousands of followers. Like, are, are you even good at this? And what I always tell people, and especially the people who are just getting started and think like, oh, I don't like, I don't know if I'll be able to make a big impact from this. Is this actually a worthy amount of time is that subscribers don't equal sales and likes don't equal leads. And I and several of my clients can have small YouTube channels that are generating 
hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions. Like I have clients that are making $10 million a year and their YouTube is the lead machine that fuels that. Um, I have a client that he, uh, he just crossed 3000 subscribers. Um, and he has made over $200,000 with 3000 subscribers. And you might look at his channel and go, Oh, okay. Yeah. A little YouTube channel. He's making a good effort. But on the back end, you have no idea that like, he he is booking calls straight from his YouTube channel and selling them into his high ticket service. Um, so yeah, what I what I always want to tell people is like you can't deposit likes and subscribers into your bank account. And <laughs> as much as we we absolutely we love the idea of having hundreds of thousands of subscribers and views and followers and all the things, um, but like is that for impact or is that for ego? You know, yeah. of course we want to make it there, and there's nothing wrong with having that, but. There's also a statistic from Fast Company that um, 96% of YouTubers are actually broke. Like even the people with the huge audiences, because wow. sometimes those big YouTubers with the huge audiences, their call to action is, if you like this video, hit the like button and subscribe. That's their call to action. And that doesn't Our pay the bills. To, right. Our call to action is click this link, come to my freebie. Let's get on a call. I'd love to help you. And then that turns into you know a client or a sale. So do you think that um, somebody that ends a video or has these call to actions throughout a video, do you think that it, and you know, I guess it, it can, but if your goal is to make money, it doesn't really matter. But do you think it diminishes the, um, the views or the, the quality of the video or, or whatever you want to call it in any way? The thing is you can have both. Like, so if you watch my videos, I am asking for the like, I'm asking for the subscribe, I'm asking for a comment. Those are called engagement breaks. But then I'm leading them to the next step because I'm serving them. Like, okay, I've taught you how to do this. And now I actually have a blueprint that will help you implement it. Click the link below and you can get that for free. And then from that, that can ascend into potentially a sale. So there's nothing wrong with asking for, you know, both the engagement, but then also giving them the next step. And I believe that you are not serving them if you leave those out. And, and here's the thing. Some people will say, well, do I always need to have a call to action? I don't want to seem like I'm like spamming them or anything. Yeah. We're not spamming them. We're serving them. Hey, I gave you this value. This is what you can't like. People are searching for the video. They've landed on your video because That's they are searching true. for that thing. So if I give them that value and go, hey, by the way, I actually have another thing that can help you implement this faster, or here's the next step that you're going to need to be successful with it, wouldn't you say thank you? Like, wouldn't you be like, awesome, they did like half the work for me. Uh -huh. So don't go into it thinking that you're spamming people because you're not, you're serving them. And that's that was an incredible, I forgot um, something I'd seen that you had said on, on one of your videos was you had said something to the, the effect of the same thing that... YouTube is one of the only um, social media platforms where people are searching out your videos typically. Um, yes. And and that's such an incredible um, mindset shift. You know, it's almost like when, when people talk about the difference between Facebook ads and Google um, ads that people are intending to shop, you know, when they, when they look on Google. Um, I think that's such an incredible difference. You know, anytime your video pops up in a Facebook newsfeed, Instagram, whatever it might be, you're interrupting someone's day if you're trying to sell someone or something, you know, that's such a huge difference between YouTube and, and all social media platforms. Yeah, that's exactly it. So you're sold now. You don't think it's a thing of the past. <laughs> I was before I was sold before I even asked you to be on. So, um, yeah, the, the, I was just playing devil's advocate on all this. I get it. I get it. No, but that's um, the thing is they're problem aware. 
They are already looking for the solution. When you're scrolling through Instagram, I don't know, I was scrolling yesterday and what did I see? I saw like a, I don't know, a deodorant ad. And I was like, okay, cool. But like, I don't know, I already have the, like, keep scrolling. And, um, but it was like- interrupting me. I mean, that's what it is. It was like, this one has all these new different scents and flavor. Not because not flavors. Don't eat, don't eat your drink. (laughs) (laughs) But like, when I go to YouTube and I'm looking for, I don't know, how to train my dog. There's tons of videos on there and I'm going to find experts, even if they have like small audiences, I want to see the value that like the, the information, the knowledge that they can share in a way that I resonate with. Like maybe they have a cool story or maybe they have the same dog as me or, you know, something that connects me to them. And then I continue following them. And then if they were to go, Hey, by the way, I have a whole video series for how to train your dog to like not poop in the house or something. And I'm like, Oh my God, I need that. Like, that's my problem. Yes. And it's free. Amazing. And then I sign up for that thing. And then maybe down the road, they're like, by the way, we actually have a course that you can buy that will help you with A, B, C, and D. And it's like, awesome. I'm in because I've already fallen. I've found them organically because I was looking for that solution. I appreciated their, I don't know, generosity, their content, how charming they were. They gave me more free value, which created this trust. And when you create trust, then you also trust in that investment. With all your clients, um, if you know, you know, one or two off the top of your head, what is the most successful video, whether it's the amount of views it got specifically, or whether it's, you know, you knew the back end details of how much they sold because of something. What is some of the most successful videos that you've seen somebody make? Um, I mean, we have clients that have like hundreds of thousands of views on their video and it's like, it just accumulates over the years. And the way that I like to put it is like, it's almost like the content that you use on YouTube is like buying real estate. It's attention that you own instead of attention that you rent. And by rent, I mean like Facebook ads. If you want your content to continue being seen on Facebook or Instagram, you have to keep putting money into it for it to keep showing up. But on YouTube, like I said, because it's a search engine, that content is still showing up organically. So we have clients like Christy Code Red, for example, that she has gotten Um, she does a challenge every month called the 10 pound takedown challenge, which is awesome. And it's like very successful and she'll get like thousands of people that join her challenge every month because they're finding her organically on YouTube. And you think like her challenge is, uh, I think it's $47, something like that. And then on the back end of the challenge, like she can sell them into, she has, you know, programs for a few hundred dollars for a few thousand dollars. And Christy is making $10 million a year. Yeah. That's just the gateway to, to her whole deal. That's incredible. Um, so one last question, um, to kind of set this up, I, I typically ask every guest this, the same question and, um, just to get your, um, opinion, you have a lot of advice, um, on not only different social media platforms, but especially YouTube. Um, and if you had to give one piece of advice to someone that maybe their business is kind of plateauing, or maybe they're just starting out and they're trying to get some traction, some sort of growth. Um, and they're really trying to grow their business. Um, and they're feeling plateaued, they're feeling stuck. What piece of advice would you give to that person? Um, I mean, we, we talk to people like this all the time that even if they, whether they're plateaued or they're like just starting, they're in the phase where they're trying to get momentum. Um, and I I mean, I highly recommend YouTube. It is a long game, but because of that, you can, you can set yourself up to have like 
I mean, if you, if you create content, even if you post one video a week for a year, in a year, your life and your business will be unrecognizable. Um, and I know that it takes some effort to film that video and to get that video up on YouTube, but it's an effort that, like I said, it's like owning real estate and to own real estate. Like if you were to buy houses, that takes some effort, right? But it's an investment that brings you compounding returns. So that's my advice. Marley, thank you so much for being on. She fought tooth and nail through traffic to get to this uh, interview. So uh, thank you so much for being on and, and all the uh, helpful advice today. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Better Business Podcast with me, your host, Steve Cook. You know, starting or growing a business is hard work. So I hope that today's advice made it just a little bit easier for you. We'll be sharing more about this exact topic all this week on my social platforms. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, or if you would like to get a, a personalized blog post from me on this topic, you can join my email list and I will send you an email once a week. You can check the show notes to subscribe to that or find me on my website, whatever's easier for you. Now get out there and go grow a better business with this advice from today's Real Pros. Thank you for listening.